Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. So happy to be with you again after that long holiday weekend. I am Ralph Garman. Welcome to The Ralph Report. I'm your old podcast pal. And sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. It was a long holiday weekend. Rest was had. Relaxation was had. And uh, I'm you have, back. You have a glow about you. Oh, I'm back. I'm rested. <laughs> I'm ready. Not really. It was a little busy this weekend. But still, it was nice to have a, a little bit of downtime and recharge the old batteries to come back today with a brand new episode for this Wednesday, September 4th. Oh, oh man. I miss our old friend Wilhelm. I do. I was looking forward to it. And then you said September. <laughs> Since September, and it's yeah. gone. We got nothing for September, oh. but we do have a jam-packed show for you today. We have very little time for uh, d- for this kind of chatter, for this <laughs> nonsense. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because I'll tell you why. Because first of all, it's a Wednesday, and around here on Wednesdays, we uh, there's a thing. Oh, god damn it! I know there's a thing we do, and it's a uh, one-hit uh, wonder. You got it right. It is a one-hit wonder Wednesday. <laughs> Good one today. Another why uh, hit wonder as opposed to one really? hit wonder. Yeah. Right. Another novelty song. It's been a long string of these. This one is craptastic. <laughs> you say it every week. I know. But this one this really. Is it? Yeah, this is a good it's one. It's the bottom of the barrel. We're going to have fun. Also, of course, we've got all your phone calls with uh, Garmy on the line. And later on in the show, I had a chance to sit down with the legendary Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh. He's got a brand new show that debuts tonight on the WGN American Network. WGN is the superstation that comes out of Chicago. Yeah. And they've got a, uh, a, a nationwide network as well. They do a lot of reality shows and things like that. But some pretty good stuff over there. And so he's got a brand new show that debuts tonight called Dogs Most Wanted. And it is Dog Doing What He Does, which is bringing in bad guys. Yeah. But this is his top 10 list. The worst of the worst. Really? Yes. However... What this show is, I mean, beyond the action and the usual uh, cool bounty hunter stuff that you see with Dog, it's also, um, it chronicles the last days of his wife, Beth, who passed away three months ago from cancer. And it's uh, much more emotionally supercharged than you would expect a Dog the Bounty Hunter show to be. Yeah, I would imagine imagine. that would be rough. They were together for almost 30 years, those two. And so I had a chance to sit down with Dog. We talked about Beth. We talked about the new show. He is a very interesting dude. How do you know him? I don't. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, uh, I, I thought had, you had some previous relationship well, with I him. Well, I met him once before. Okay. And uh, we talked a little bit about it during the interview. I met him at a mutual friend's wedding. Okay. And he was there with Beth, and I had a chance to chat with both of them at the time. And I remember them being just really nice people. But you never really know. Right, right, right. Um. So I, I was predisposed to think it was going to be a pretty good interview, but I was surprised how candid he was, how open he was. I mean, as a guy who has dealt with uh, grief and, and loss myself in my life, 
I know what an open wound that is yes. for a long time. And he was really um, open about it. He was really, it was a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to dig it. So that'll be later on in the show. But uh, meanwhile, let's get on with it. I mean, it's been hell. I don't know how many days since we've had a show. It feels forever. I know. It's good to be back. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to kick things off the way we usually do with you people, the beloved Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. You can always write me at ralph at the ralphreport.com or Eddie or Steve at that same email address. We also are very active on the social media, just like the kids on the IG <laughs> and the Twitter, the Instagrams, and the, uh, all those grams and faces and books <laughs> and twits. We're all over there. So we love it when you reach out to us there as well. Uh, I'm at Ralph Garment. Eddie is at Eddie Pence. Steve is at Steve Ashton, I think, on Twitter. And then on Instagram, he's like Steve Ashton 1509, I think. I think. Gotta change that, Steve. Yeah, Gotta work on Come that. Come on, man. Um, yeah. And also, we love it when you call us and leave your voicemail messages so everyone can hear your lovely voice and your interesting thoughts. You can leave a voicemail message 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Ralph Report hotline. You know the phone number by now. It is 1-833-HIRAL. Love it when you leave your messages. I listen to all of them. And after a long holiday weekend, I got to tell you, there I was could a, imagine. It was a shit ton. Especially after Friday. Shit ton to get through. A lot of cheering and happiness and joy <laughs> with our boy Eddie Pence eating five things in a row. Can't believe that is the bar we've set now for success on this show. But uh, people were out of their minds, so thrilled with Eddie. We'll talk about that much more in this segment. Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ross gonna play your calls now and see what's on your. Before we get anywhere, let me say to our listeners down there in Florida, we are thinking about you. That goddamn Hurricane Dorian yeah. is bearing down. And um, as of the time we're recording this, it was it was right there. And I'm, I'm sure it, it's just going to get worse before it gets better. And my folks in Myrtle Beach got an evacuation order, too. Did they? Uh, not where they are, uh, from the ocean to the first highway, which is 17 business they're just on the other side of that but that whole area that whole coastline got evacuated it's just brutal yeah and mark a listener from florida called in he works in the radio down there he is doing constant updates for his audience and he's volunteering to do the same with us which i think is awesome and very thoughtful of him hey ralph and eddie this is mark from palm coast florida two-star general um just about a half hour north of daytona beach florida which as you can tell is on the east coast and we're expecting a hurricane of some kind uh, coming tomorrow. So I uh, just want to let you guys know that uh, here in Florida, we're staying strong. We're getting ready to party. we got a hurricane coming. It'll be a fun time. I work in radio, so we're going to be starting uh, doing – we're doing a lot of updates throughout this past weekend through, you know, when the storm passes. So uh, be kind of on the front lines as, as we're going along here. So I'll keep you guys posted how we do, and uh, pray for Florida. LMB boys. We absolutely will keep you on our thoughts, Mark. And if you can, if you have the opportunity, we'd love it if you could uh, give us some updates from down there and let us know yeah. what's going on and how you folks are dealing with it because we have a lot of Garmy members down there in Florida. And my thoughts obviously are with each and every one of you. And I hope uh, it's, I mean, it's going to be bad. Let's face it, it's not going to be great. No. But 
maybe Georgia we, and the Carolinas. Too, yeah, yeah, maybe um, you can uh, at least, you know, you see the devastation the Bahamas went through. Yeah. You're hoping that maybe it won't be as bad as that. But it's no way to tell with weather. That's the thing. Uh, speaking of Florida and weather, I do want to thank everyone who shared this with me. Uh, this interview from Florida Today reporter Tyler Vasquez. <laughs> this gentleman is the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. You know, we talked about uh, my my first beloved guy, this guy. Because on the oh. counter, you want to know why? Because he was the man who was telling us that traffic circles were creating tornadoes. Yeah. That's why they were getting tornado, uh, tornadoes, tornadoes <laughs> in the state of Pennsylvania, and he had not seen that before and he was sure that the traffic circles people driving around in circles was creating tornado weather logical explanation it's perfectly logical yeah. but not nearly as logical as this gentleman this unnamed florida man who by the way came to florida by way of boston so he's got everything going on <laughs> he's a little fed up with these hurricanes and he wants to know why the government isn't taking the logical steps right to nullify the devastating effects of these weather patterns He's got plenty of great ideas, and I think we need to listen to him. Can't see how they haven't come up with some kind of way to com combat these storms yet. They keep saying, uh, you know, two days ago, three days ago, oh, it's at this, but it's going to hit all this warm weather, all this warm weather and warm water. We have a Navy. Why don't the Navy come and drop ice in the warm water so it, that it can't get going as fast as it's going? Right. There's got to be ways to combat this instead of just pointing at the thing and saying, well, it's uh, now it's getting worse. Yeah, we know it's getting worse, but you tell us, oh, it's the warm weather. Oh, it's the wind. Well, we have an Air Force. Drive some Air Force planes around to get the winds going the opposite way. Right. The Navy to go in circles to fight it the other way. Just get the planes and the boats and right. go in the opposite direction that the hurricane is Put going. Put ice in the water. Put I Stop with the warm water. Put ice in the water. Put ice in the water. We got a Navy. Put ice in the water. And the next logical step, drop a nuclear bomb in the hurricane. <laughs> and just fly in the opposite direction of the hurricane, and that will stop the oh. hurricane from being. Yeah. God damn it. Or, why, why doesn't the government just do these simple things and stop hurricanes? Why don't we just get a superhero to fly around the earth backwards and spin everything backwards right, and bad things Now happen. you're being ridiculous. Am I being stupid Because now? The, he's got real ideas. That's true. He's got real And you're mocking him with your comic book stuff. <laughs> but ice in the water, water and flying the planes backwards into the wind of the hurricane. The Air Force planes. <laughs> would absolutely work. And it's genius. And you, sir, I, I, we salute you. The Ralph Report Citizen <laughs> of the Week. Thank you so much for helping all those people down in Florida. Oh, Air Force planes. He's the best. <laughs> As I mentioned, there was a lot of love this weekend on the voicemails for Eddie Pence. Mm. He accomplished what none of us thought he ever could. He went five days in a row actually eating food that we talked about. <laughs> who could have seen that coming? Who, who knew? Uh, frankly, it's it's a miracle, and I'm still reeling from it, and many of you are as well. Thanks to everyone who lived up to their promises, by the way, and upgraded their memberships to four-star status. They were people their word, as you were people your word. Very much so. Of my word. They were awesome, and we've got a lot of new four-star generals. I met some of them on the uh, live stream event we did on Saturday. Oh, nice. We Thanks. did a live stream AMA with myself and the three- and four-star generals, and a lot of them logged on for the first time for their first... Oh 
live stream event. Pantsless? Did you go time. pantsless for the opening? One? I did go pantsless. Nice. Sadly, the camera could not pan down to see <laughs> my bad. enormous testicles, but <laughs> I was pantless. And so thanks to everybody who joined me on the live stream this weekend. However, in the midst of all of that joy, there is a little bit of concern. Really? Because a story broke over the weekend about a young man in the UK who has uh, eating habits much like the vice host, and now people are worried. Hey, Ralph, it's Shane from Toronto College. I was reading the news earlier today, and apparently a teenager in the United Kingdom, described as a fussy eater, has lost his vision due to his strict diet of Pringles, French fries, white bread, yes. processed ham, and sausage. Now... <laughs> Do you think it's his lack of eating anything else that led to that? Yes. Or could it be the ham that led to that? Because uh. on one hand, I'm thinking that Eddie might be onto something here. And on the other hand, I'm thinking that Eddie's just squeezing himself into a corner <laughs> where he's going to be blind and, you know, another year or two of this horrible eating that he gets over with. Yeah. I don't know. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Thanks, Ralph. Bye. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Eddie's going to go blind from his well, no, diet no, as well. No, look, I read this story, and uh -huh. the only thing I have similar to this dude is we eat French fries. Yeah. I'm not a big potato chip eater. I don't eat ham. Well, that's for sure. We know the ghost ham story. I don't eat white bread. You don't eat white bread? No. Huh. I eat wheat bread. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, you're a regular... Uh, right? <laughs> you're, I'm a Jack Lane. I'm a regular Jack <laughs> Lane. You're the. You're a model of uh, nutrition. <laughs> I didn't know you ate wheat bread. I ate wheat bread. So you're not going to go blind, you're I'm saying? I'm not going to go blind. I don't a lot of people send me that story saying, I think Eddie's going to go blind. we gotta, go blind. we got to look out for no, him. No, guys. I eat green beans. Oh, all right. And asparagus. Asparagus. <laughs> uh, we also got this phone call from our pal Timmy. G'day, Ralph and Eddie. It's uh, Timmy from uh, Adelaide, <laughs> Australia. Timmy! How the fuck are you, boys? Timmy! Yeah. Timmy! Um, just had to ring up because uh, I was listening to another podcast. What? Because huh? someone decided to take a couple of days off and... Uh, oh. <laughs> no, it's all good, Ralph. I just had to bust your balls, mate. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they were talking about curse words. Yes. And uh, that got me thinking about where where the term curse words came from. So I uh, had to ring up for your segment. Where did it come from? Anyway, boys, we'll talk soon. Ciao. It's an excellent question. Timmy! Timmy, we appreciate it. Let's find out why do we call foul language curse words? never even thought of that. I didn't either, but Timmy! did. And he called in with the question. <laughs> it's time for where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Why do we call curse words curse words? Don't know. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh, curse words and swearing come from the same thing. Okay. As does the word profanity. Why we call oh. what we call uh, dirty words it profanity? All originated from the same. It place. It all originates in the huh. same place, and you won't be surprised that it comes from those uptight motherfuckers in the Christian church. <laughs> Shocking! That's where it all comes from. In fact, profanity comes from profane, and the definition of profane is something that is not sacred or biblical, something that is secular rather than religious, hmm. not respectful of orthodox religious practice. It's irreverent. So profanity started out as being a crime against the church before it became a crime against society, more oh. or less. The reason they call them curse words is because the initial bad language, in quotes, was cursing. If you were to say, go to hell, 
or damn you, the early curses were, in essence, cursing someone to the dark side. You would wish them... They're um, actually doing a curse. Yes, bad an spirits. Curse. You're damning somebody. You want the devil to have an influence on them. You uh. want the, them to go to hell. You want them to be damned. Those words were considered actual curses. You're putting a curse on someone. Okay. So as the list started to expand, they all fell under pretty much the same category. Swearing, for example, also comes from the idea that initially when someone would swear, they would take the Lord's name in vain. Right. Oh, I swear to God that I'll never do right. that again. That was considered profanity. It was profane to use the Lord's name in vain like that, especially if you didn't mean it when you were just using the words uh, the words of the Lord's name to try to fool someone into thinking that you would do something that you wouldn't really okay. do. So profanity, curse words, and swear words all come from the the Christian church believing that people who spoke out of turn about religious things were doing the, the worst kind of language that you could use. Basically. And then eventually bad words all fell into the right. curse so, words. Right, so, you know, it started off with those. This is like back in the 14th century. Yeah. As we started to collect a more useful vocabulary of profanity, they all fell under the same umbrella. And so to this day, they're still called either swears or curse words or profanity. Gotcha. So that's where that comes from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? No fucking Thanks so much for the call. Timmy, thanks to everybody who called in. We love it when you reach out. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment, but you got to take that first step. You got to call me. Call me around. It's the number everyone's talking about. Call me right now at 1833. Once again, a reminder if you're calling from another country like Timmy did from Australia, yep. you cannot use the phone number one. 833-HI-RALPH, just on your phone. The best way to get around that is to use Skype. Go on Skype and then use their keypad and punch that in, and that's how you can get through to us. So I want to give people a heads up. All right, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror and find out what happened on this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history I can't wait to hear Mike Serber do that live I'm so excited about it It's really gonna be fun Uh, Of course, we're talking about the live Ralph Report show that is happening on September 21st here in Los Angeles at the world-famous Improv Comedy Club, 8 p.m. It's a Saturday night, September 21st. I'll be there on hand. Eddie Pence will be on stage. Steve Ashton is coming in from the U.K. Carrie will be there as well. We'll all be there, not only to do the show live in front of your very eyes, but then for a little meet and greet afterwards. And uh, Steve Ashton and I will be hoisting a few in the bar. (laughs) If you would like to imbibe with us, you can find us there. Staring at people and making weird faces. And um, unfortunately, all the VIP seats are uh, sold out. That means that only those folks will likely get Eddie Pence to uh, either spit or vomit on them. And those people are getting the commemorative posters that we do for the show as well. And I just saw the updated image for the poster. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool one. Uh, Aaron, our friend Aaron's. Oh, Aaron's doing that. Nice. Scabaretti. Yes. She put together uh, the poster and it looks really fun. Oh, I'm excited. So that'll be cool. 
And by the way, if you have uh, not been to other Ralph Report events and you would like the posters from the previous events, we still have some on hand that we'll be selling there. Oh, as cool. Well. So There's you can go to improv.com, I M P R O V.com, click on locations, click on Hollywood, and then you'll see uh, the Ralph Report live for September 21st. All right, let's take a look at this day in history, September 4th. What happened on this day in 1609? Well, navigator Henry Hudson was the first European to discover the island of Manhattan. Oh. How about that? Hudson Bay, right? That's right. Hudson. Uh, Hudson's all over New York because yeah. he, was, he was big into exploring that part of the world. And uh, now I don't believe he was the one who swindled the Native Americans out of the island of Manhattan for some beads. That was later blankets. on. That was later on. But he did lay eyes on it for the first time. In 1882, the English astronomer Edmund Halley observed a comet in the sky and what are the odds it was halley's comet wow he saw the comet that had his name on that's it that's remarkable what are the odds that he like a, would see a comet and that comet happened to have the same name as a him billion to one shot that's ridiculous billion that's to one so cool had a name tag on it and everything <laughs> it <did. laughs> in 1807 robert fulton began operating his steamboat the creator of the steamboat of course that was a pretty cool way to get around have you ever taken one of those uh, Mississippi River? Oh, yeah, the uh, riverboat. Riverboats? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been on one cool. of those. In 1833, the very first newsboy was hired. Little Barney Flaherty, 10 years old, was selling the New York Sun newspaper on the streets of New York. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, child labor. A 10-year-old? Good old, he was a 10-year-old was selling papers. I, have and a 10 year, I can't imagine my 10-year-old doing that. It became a thing. And newsboys were uh, everywhere wow. after that. Read They're all like, about it. We can give him nothing and he'll scream, read all about it and sell our papers. <laughs> this will be awesome. Speaking of newspapers, on this day in 1866, the first Hawaiian daily newspaper was published. In 1882, in its first large-scale test, Thomas Edison's light bulb was used to light New York's Pearl Street Station. 1882, first time they had light bulbs. Huh. He's, uh, Thomas Edison's an interesting cat. He turns out to be uh, a lot, there's a lot of bullshit about Thomas Edison. Yeah, they have that movie coming out with Edison and Tesla. Yeah. The movie about the the war between Edison and Tesla. He stole a lot of people's tech. Westinghouse. And he was great at promoting himself. And he was a bit of a con man, turns out. Seems like most famous people end up being like that. I think you have to be. I think so. You got it. The selling of yourself is more important than the doing sometimes. You're you're literally stepping on others to get to where you want to go. Did you see that documentary on HBO called The Inventor? No. It was about a woman named Elizabeth Holmes. And she worked out of Silicon Valley. And she came up with a process where you could do 200 blood tests on a drop of blood with her high-tech blood-testing computer that she invented. Right. Instead of drawing vials of blood... You just take a drop of blood. You take a drop of blood out of your finger, you put it into this little nanotech capsule, and then you put the capsule inside the uh, the testing machine. Yeah. And it was called the, uh, the Edison, as a matter of fact. <laughs> That's why I thought of this, because uh, it turned out that she was full of shit. And she had a company that was worth $4 billion and never made the thing... That she was talking about working. Wow. It was all an illusion. Wow. And her That's favorite crazy. inventor was Edison. And they kept drawing comparisons about how he Edison was a bit of a charlatan. Like he was selling the light bulb before he ever made the light bulb right. work, basically. And so she was basically raising all this money on a on an idea and that it was impossible wow. to make work. Not not only she couldn't make it work, the, the scientists had said, you simply cannot do what you're saying you can do. <laughs> oh, wow. It's fascinating. It's called The Inventor. 
Do yourself a favor. Check it out. I guarantee you, you'll wow. be interested. All right. On this day in 1884, Britain ended its policy of penal transportation. Now, I know what you're thinking. Not the, <laughs> not, the my head not, not the penis. No, uh, <laughs> penal transportation to New South Wales and Australia. They stopped shipping all their convicts yeah. to Australia. Stop being a prison island. Right. Like the penal system. Right. Yeah. They stopped making Australia their prison, basically, for all their <laughs> ne'er-do-wells. They said, all right, we'll stop sending all the reprobates to Australia. Did Australia say, now we, you're we, on your we want you to stop doing this? I don't know if they even had a choice. I think that Australia was still a colony at that time. And they just said, you know, we've probably shipped enough wow. lunatics over there. We're going we're gonna to leave them be. On this day in 1885, the first cafeteria opened in New York City. Hmm. At one time, cafeterias were all over every major metropolitan city in the United yeah, States. Yeah, they were. And... For those who don't understand what a cafeteria is, the difference between a cafeteria and a, and a restaurant, cafeterias where you'd go in and you grab yourself a tray and you just help yourself to the pre-made food. It was the first restaurant that had no wait staff. Yeah. You didn't sit down and order and then it's they like would a, deliver your food. Like a school cafeteria. Exactly. But they were everywhere. Right. And you just go. I remember them. they were in D.C. and we would go yeah. to those. Yeah. I guess the closest thing now would be uh, like a hometown buffet or something, something like, like that. But that's still like a chain, like a restaurant yeah. sort of thing. These were literally you get a tray. And in this one, it was the first one was in 1885. It was called the Exchange Buffet because it was near the, um, the, the Wall Street Center yeah. down there in New York City. And it was only men were allowed, and you'd go in and get your food, and you would eat standing up. They had <laughs> tables, but no chairs. They had, like, tables at your waist, and right. you would just eat and then get back to work. And that's why people loved it, because it was the quickest way you could get a meal to get in and out. Wow. But I would thought it was fascinating to find out that the entire premise was based on the honor system. You would get your food, eat your food, and then write up your own check of what you had. Really? And you'd go up to the cashier and hand them your piece of uh, your piece of paper that had what you ate on it and then they would ring you up and uh, really pay for it yeah that couldn't have lasted long it did for years that way that yes that's sacred no i would have eaten for free well see that people day. like you ruined eaten. the honor system <laughs> for the exchange cafeteria, oh, I, cafeteria. Just, I just wouldn't have written under my chocolate milk i would have chocolate milk no for free you every wouldn't day. have you would have gotten a, you would have had a 35 cent sandwich <laughs> but you would have eaten the the entire turkey dinner <laughs> ruin it for everyone and then they came up with the automat, which was another form of cafeteria where you would go in. I think it probably happened because people like you were ripping them off. But you go into an automat and they had all the food behind um, glass or plastic windows. Right. And you had to get coins. It was like a vending machine. Oh, yeah. You'd put the coins in, which would open up the door and then you could get a piece of pie or a sandwich. Yeah, they still have those vending type machines in like hospitals and stuff, those type of things. Yeah. But yeah. this was all fresh food. I mean, you could get a plate of spaghetti behind the window and stuff like that. <laughs> it was pretty cool. On this day in 1886, Apache Chief Geronimo surrendered, ending the last major U.S. Indian War. People are eating in cafeterias in New York City, and they were still fighting with the Native Americans. That's crazy to That's me. nuts. On this day in 1888, how about this for an invention? A guy named George Eastman patented the first camera to use a roll of film. Huh. Up until then, you'd only it's get like the slates, right? You'd the, get that the, one frame. Right. You'd put it into the camera, you'd shoot your picture, and that would be it. That would be the negative. He came up with the idea of what if we made a roll of film and you would just advance the unexposed film through the camera and you can get multiple exposures Man, on one roll of film. That's crazy. He also registered the name Kodak, by the way, for his business. <laughs> for him. And it all it's still weird that like I still remember having to drop film off and having it developed. Of course. You and would you would wait weeks to see your photo. Well, and then they had the twenty four hour one where you get it back in a day, but like our kids are not even gonna have any recollection of that. No. It's just if you can't 
Let me see. Let me see. You take a picture of them immediately. Let me see. Let, let me see. see. What do I look like? Let me see. Let me see. Take Can three. Just take three of them. Let me see. Oh, my Lord. You have no you, idea. You never saw a photo. Unless you had a Polaroid or something, you never saw you a You took picture. one and waited. That's madness. In 1893, English author Beatrix Potter first wrote the story of little Peter Rabbit for a five-year-old boy that she knew. Peter Peter Rabbit? You're not familiar with the Peter Rabbit story? Yeah. That's, wait. That's like Peter Cottontail, right? It's different. What's difference? What's Peter Rabbit? Peter Rabbit... <laughs> Was a children's book series right. about Peter and his sisters, Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. I didn't really read that. You I never read, read no, the Peter Rabbit no, books? No. And Mr. McGregor's Farm? No. No? I didn't read those. Wow. That's not Peter Cottontail, right? No. It's different. Peter Cottontail's a goddamn Easter bunny from the song. <laughs> Here comes Peter Cottontail <laughs> hopping down, down the bunny, bunny trail. trail. Yeah. Hibbity That's not Peter Easter's Rabbit? On its way. No, it's not Peter huh? Rabbit. <laughs> Peter Rabbit was not the Easter Bunny. He was just a rabbit who lived What's in the, the woods. What's the chance they're both named Peter? It's a very common name for rabbits. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll buy it. Uh, on this day in 1894, uh, New York City, 1,200 tailors went on strike to protest sweatshops. Get back to work, you lazy bums. And this day in 1904, the St. Regis Hotel opened in New York City, built by the legendary uh, real estate tycoon John Jacob Astor. It was the first hotel to have central air conditioning and heating in every room. Ooh. Can you imagine how people's minds must have exploded? That's luxury. In the summertime in New York City in the 1900s to get into a room that was cool. Oh, or the wintertime. Oh, man. With heat? You don't have to have 19 blankets on oh my to go God. to sleep. Things we take for granted. We do. Uh, on this day, 1922, William Walmsley and William Lyons officially found the Swallow Sidecar Company. Sure, it doesn't <laughs> seem like anything now, but later on, they would change the name to Jaguar. Oh, and they started making Swallow. automobiles. <laughs> Good name change. It was a bird. Oh, God. Gotcha. Eddie, right. the bird, the That's, Swallow no Sidecar Company. No one else. No one thought company. that. No one thinks bird when you say Swallow. On this day in 1940, a little network named CBS began broadcasting television for the first time. In 1950, on this day, the first helicopter rescue of an American pilot behind enemy lines. Oh. You have to remember, the helicopter was not everywhere until uh, after World War II. Right. right. Yeah. On this day, also in 1950, the Beetle Bailey comic strip debuted for the first time. God damn, that's not funny either. <laughs> Fucking Is there Beetle a comic Bailey. strip you like? They're, so, they're great ones. Oh, they're legendary you seem ones. You to hate every single comic Has strip. Has Beetle Bailey ever elicited a chuckle... Guffaw or titter from you at any time I'm ever. sure in the entire history of Beetle Bailey, there might be one or two strips. I'm Sarge. Get to peeling those potatoes, Beetle. <laughs> you lazy bum. Uh-oh, here comes Sarge. I better grab my mop. Fuck Beetle oh. Bailey. <laughs> I just, all right. I'm just the One of them might be funny. You just seem to write off the whole thing. Beetle Bailey was never, never oh, funny. I wanna, there's got to be a comic strip you find funny. Far Side was always funny. Far Side. Bloom County was always funny. Far Side's though just a single panel. It's not a strip. Bloom County was a strip. All right. Opus the Penguin. Yeah. Loved him. Bill the Cat. Ack. Loved Bill the Cat. <laughs> just not fucking Beetle Bailey. Beetle not Be the Wizard of Is or whatever that fucking <laughs> thing was. They're all shitty. And Ziggy. Yeah, people only like because there's nothing else <laughs> to look at. Peanuts, fucking Ziggy, <laughs> Heathcliff, Garfield? Marmaduke, Garfield. Fuck comic strips. <laughs> wow. My God. Don't so, get me started. So upset. Yeah, I was. Uh, on this day in 1954, Peter Cortese. Yes, also not the Easter Bunny. Oh, that's he's a bunny though. Pete, no, he that's was a, a he was a gentleman. He was a U.S. citizen who achieved a record with. I don't do a lot of sports stories because there's a ton of them you yeah. know but this one caught my attention 
He achieved a one arm deadlift. You know what that is? Yeah. It's a weight lifting. Yeah. But instead of grabbing the bar with, with one, both, hands. both hands, you grab it with one. Right. You pull it up and then you lift yeah. it over your head. One armed deadlift. What do you think he was deadlifting? How much weight? Well, deadlift, you're just standing straight up. You're not popping it. That's a that's a power cleaner. Oh, that's a clean and jerk. A clean and right? jerk or a power cleaner. Yeah. Deadlift, you're just standing straight up. Oh, you're standing up. up. Oh, yeah. fuck this guy then. That's not that <laughs> you're nearly just as pulling interesting. pulling and standing straight I up. Thought this was impressive if it had been, <laughs> you had to lift it over your head. No, that's a power cleaner, clean and jerk. Okay. Well, then fuck <laughs> this guy. I'm not that interested anymore. It was 370 pounds, though. That's still fucking it's impressive. Pretty strong. Yeah, that's yeah. hugely impressive. How did his spine not snap? Oh, I don't know. If he's holding it with one hand, he can't. I'm, it up. I'm sure he didn't spend the last few days of his life yeah. pain free. It was triple his body weight. That's mm, that's crazy, right? Uh, my kneecaps would have hit the wall. <laughs> On this day in 1957, the Ford Motor Company introduced the Edsel. Ah, the Edsel. The Edsel was touted for a year before they put it out to the market. Ford Motor Company was saying it was the future of cars, it would change the way the cars were forever. And then they released it, and everybody hated it. They thought it was unattractive. <laughs> they thought it was overhyped, overpriced. The Edsel became synonymous with failure after it was released. Well, it only gonna, lasted for two years. It's going to change cars forever is sort of an overhype. Yeah, it might have been their own fault. Uh, they lost $250 million on the Edsel, Ooh, the Ford company does. And that's back bill. in 1957. That's, that's a lot of money. That's real money back then. In 1957, also, the governor of Arkansas... Orville Faubus. Great name. That's and that's a governor of Arkansas right there. Orville Faubus. Called out the National Guard to prevent nine black students from entering Little Rock, Arkansas's Central High School. Jesus. That seems like fair. That's fair. That's right. Yeah. That, that seems it's a right, amount, right amount of force. Let's get needed. The, the National Guard to stop nine kids God. from going to school, even though it was the law of the land that you couldn't keep whites and black kids segregated at schools uh, any longer so, so eisenhower had to step in and say you know what here's what i'm gonna do national guard now i've just federalized it so now you don't get to use the national guard anymore uh, and he actually had troops walk the kids into school he yeah. had to because people were losing their minds it's fucking stupid people on this day in 1962 the beatles were asked to record a song by emi for their first hit because George Martin, the producer, did not trust Lennon and McCartney as songwriters. Oh, my God. So they brought in some other <laughs> songs for them to record. Wow. Yeah. That's some balls. He didn't wow. think Ringo was a very good drummer, and he didn't think John and Paul really were very accomplished songwriters. So he came in with a song that someone else had written called How Do You Do It? And the Beatles actually recorded it in 1962. Here's a piece. And the Beatles like, yeah, we don't really want this to be our first single. No, this is it, not the kind of music we want to make. It sounds like the Beatles and not sound like the Beatles at the same time. There was a lot of that kind of music yeah. in British pop music at the time. They're like, we're trying to do something different yeah, here. It, it sounds like them, but doesn't sound like them at all. So they said, why don't we do this song we wrote called Love Me Do? How about we release that one instead? And so they won the argument. They released Love Me Do, and obviously yeah. the, the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. But that song, uh, How Do You Do It, actually was recorded by Jerry and the Pacemakers, another group under contract, and they uh, had another hit with it. So it was apparently a hit song, but not right for them. In 1967, the final episode of Gilligan's Island was aired. They all died, right? And we never found out. They just stopped. They just stopped <laughs> well, they just making stuck it. on the island. Just forever. stuck on that. That's, that's why they had to hang out with the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> years later, because they were still on the island. 
1972, The Price is Right, U.S.'s longest-running game show, debuted on CBS. On this date in 1983, now here's another sports record that I think okay. is interesting. This one, I think I know what I'm talking okay. about. I didn't know about the deadlift, thing, right, but right, I know right, about right. this. Okay. A Californian named Scott Michael Peloton set a water ski speed record of 119.36 miles per hour. Wow. Now, now you want to know what makes it much more impressive? Yeah. He was doing it barefoot. <sighs> barefoot water skiing at over... 119 miles per That's hour. stupid. Can you imagine if he just caught his toes wrong oh, in the water? Rip your rip, legs. Rip your legs oh, off. That's God. what I was thinking. Snap your ankles. Right back behind your leg. Your he was head. water skiing just with his bare feet. God, that would kill. Yeah, that's dumb. That's don't, stupid. Don't, don't do that. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In 1995, the cult TV series Xena Warrior Princess starring Lucy Lawless debuted here in the United States. And oh, lesbians everywhere were overjoyed. <laughs> You must have creamed your jeans to oh, see yeah. a warrior princess. Strong women. You man. like those manly, yeah, those Not manly, manly women. Strong you women. Love a woman with Powerful, a strap on. Strong women that can peg the shit out of you. <laughs> In 1998, like. these two gentlemen, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, two students at Stanford University, they came up with a little something called Google. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? Uh, fizzled away. Yeah, they're, they're probably homeless. Should have invented something good. On this day in 2016, Mother Teresa was canonized by Pope Francis at a Vatican ceremony. She became a saint. Oh, okay. On this day in 2018, Amazon became America's second trillion-dollar company. Jeez. Any guesses as to what the first trillion-dollar company in America was? Google? No, Apple. Oh, Apple. Yeah. Okay. They made a trillion dollars. Yeah, I could see that. And you know I saved the food-related days in history for the end because we love to find out whether Eddie Pence will eat something or not. We're so spoiled. I know. Imagine how disappointed we're going to be the first time Eddie says he won't eat something. <laughs> Could be today. Could this be it? <laughs> we'll find out. Let's talk about it. Then we'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of those items come up on the reels, that means he eats it. If not, then the spell has been broken. No, we're all going back to our regular lives. Six for six. On this day in 1781, mm -hmm. a settlement known as El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Angeles de Porcicula was founded. Is there an acronym for it? No, it, uh, it was shortened later on to just Los Angeles. Oh, good. But the city of Los Angeles was founded on this day in 1781. Really? Yep. How about that? There's a lot of uh, great food that comes out of Los Angeles. But as far as I know, only one food that was invented here that caught fire and started being uh, devoured all across these great really? United States of ours. Los Angeles is the birthplace of the French dip sandwich. You know the French dip sandwich, of right. course. It is uh, delicious pan-roasted beef that is sliced thin and put on a French roll, and then you dip that roll into the juice. Al juice? Still hot from the oven. The al jus, if you will. Two restaurants here in Los Angeles claim to have invented the French dip sandwich. Both opened in 1908. One was Cole's, and the other one was Philippe's. And to this day, they're both still open, and they're both still serving 
French dip sandwiches. Now, Cole says it was invented because a customer came in and he was having some uh, dental problems. He had a toothache and he couldn't bite into the sandwich. He asked the chef to dip it in the au jus so it would get mushy and he could actually eat it. Yeah. Philippe said it was an accident. They were uh, slicing the beef onto the French roll and it fell into the roasting pan filmed with the juice. And that's how the French dip sandwich was born. So depending on which story you believe, either way, it was a Los Angeles restaurant that invented the delicious French dip sandwich. And now, hell, you can find them at Denny's. They're everywhere, they the are French everywhere. dip sandwiches. But it started here in Los Angeles. Is that something Eddie Pence will eat? Let's find out. Pull the handle. Here we go. We got one French dip, two French dip, three French dip. <laughs> oh, my God. We are six in a row. Crazy. Six in a row. I don't even know what it's like to say I don't like something anymore. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Six in a row. French dip sandwich, your fan? I like it. Uh, cool I don't go, I don't, I don't order them a lot, but I, I'll eat one. I love it. And yeah. I drink the juice. You drink it after you're done? You yes. drink what's left? Yeah, it comes on a plate. For those who've never had a French dip sandwich, it'll come usually uh some some restaurants serve it pre-juiced. Yeah, I don't, I don't care like that. for that. I'd rather dip it. I like to come out on the French roll. It's got that really delicious, thinly sliced uh, beef on it. And then sometimes you put cheese on it, too. I like the uh, Parmesan myself. But you put it on there, and then you take it, and you dip it in what looks like a, like a small soup bowl full of the au jus. And then you it, it drips down your face, yeah, and it gets good. really it's messy. Stuff. Oh, it's and then stuff. when I'm done, I usually uh, there's some beef floating around in there. I'll eat that with a fork, <laughs> and then I'll take yeah, a, little, do a, shot a, little, au jus. a little sippy sip of the au jus because it's delicious. <laughs> Wow, Eddie Pence. Everyone is I can just I can just hear them screaming now in their cars and their cubicles across the United States and six for six. Other countries as well. It's 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 a what magical if, time we're living in, boys and really girls. It really is. Just someday. Well, these are the days. You're gonna look back and say, those were the good old days. <laughs> we're living in the days. And that's this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the backing track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, cause that rhymes with LMB. And that's a rap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment called The Showbiz Beat. How about this Kevin Hart crash, huh? Oh, man, that's sad. Terrifying. Uh, he was in a violent car crash that caused serious injuries to his back. He underwent back surgery on Monday, remains in the hospital as he recovers. His wife says he's going to be fine, but it was pretty, uh, pretty oh, touch and go there scary, for a minute. Mm. Apparently, his friend was driving his... He had like an old 1970 Barracuda muscle car. Yeah. And his friend was driving it and lost control there on Mulholland Highway and crashed into the, the mountains there. He must have been driving fast. 
Well, they say there's all kinds of skid marks yeah, on the road. They were testing out that car. And they heard, uh, witnesses heard screeching tires and hit somebody peeling out. Yeah. So they think the friend was trying to fuck around, gunned it, was peeling, laying rubber, as they say, and then lost control yeah. of the car. But the entire roof of the car collapsed in on them. Oof. And uh, Scary, man. Uh, this guy, Jared Black, who was driving, had to be airlifted to a hospital. And as I mentioned, uh, Kevin Hart is back badly hurt so we'll keep him posted and see what happens did you see this uh, in nashville speaking of dumb school ideas no like uh keeping blacks and whites separated yeah this this school in nashville is awesome catholic school in nashville tennessee has announced they are banning oh yeah i heard about this. the harry potter book series <laughs> because they say the spells in the book mm -hmm. if read by a human can conjure up evil spirits. Wow. How you don't pull your child out of that school immediately. The good reverend Dan Rehill said, these books present magic as both good and evil, which is not true, but in fact, a clever deception. The curses and spells used in the books are actual curses and spells, uh -huh. which when read by a human, right. Risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading the text. Yeah, you don't want to bring Voldemort back to life. <laughs> you will That'd be, be terrible. You will be possessed by demons, Eddie. Oh my god! If you read the evil spells in yeah. the Harry Potter books, you don't want to make a kid start puking up slugs. How? The goddamn. Uh, I wish. I wish as a society as a whole, we would move past the idea of religion and all this crap. It's just. It's absurd that adults still think this way. That a grown man can say, I think people are going to start casting oh, evil man. magic spells out of this children's book series, and that's a real concern, so we have to ban these books. It's insane. We as a society, we as a group, as a as a race, we cannot evolve past where we are until we abandon all of this crap. If this guy wasn't a reverend, if he just said, the Harry Potter books are filled right. with evil spirits and you'll get possessed if you read them, yeah, you would lock that fucker up. <laughs> you'd throw a nick on his cup outside Denny's. <laughs> In a heartbeat. But because he's a reverend, and and the, the, uh, the archdiocese said, yeah, he's he can do that. He can make the call about crazy, what, what books the kids can and can't it's read. It's insane. It's damaging the the human species. And I got to tell you, the left is losing their mind too. Did you see this story where uh, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace yeah. and her co-star Eric McCormick yeah. are calling for uh, anyone who contributes to the Trump campaign, their name to be put on a list, okay, that's... and that list should be released right. so that they can choose who they will give work to and who they won't give work to in Hollywood. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. Yeah, that's not it's a good terrifying. Look. That's freaking wrong. They need to read a history book about a little yeah. something called McCarthyism. Yeah. When they were pulling guys into a courtroom and asking them if they were ever in a communist rally or had ever attended a communist yeah. party meeting, and those people lost their livelihoods forever. It's insane. Like, I'm no fan of that dude who's in the White House right now. But Me neither. You, you cannot go around and start putting people on lists and excluding it. Like, that's just... And some people are saying, well, that's already public knowledge. Fine. Then you do the work and find out. But they asked the Hollywood Reporter to publish a list of people no. who are going to be attending no, 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 this no, no, Trump no. fundraiser in Beverly Hills so they could start ostracizing and shaming them yeah that is goddamn ridiculous yeah. if you it, it's that freaking horseshoe effect you go far enough right or left you end up in the same spot once you start putting people's names on list yeah. for any reason no. i'm out yeah i i can't i can't abide that it's insane and and to start to you know then you're rounding people up right that's the yeah, next that's step. the next step and then you're executing people man for their beliefs terrifying it's 
like you said, I obviously am not a fan of the guy who's in the uh, the White House. And my politics, as many people have complained about, <laughs> tends to lean left. But at the same time, it's someone's right to vote whoever they want to vote for and to be part of any party they want to be for you and donate money to any candidate yeah, they want to donate to. You don't put people to. on lists. That's just, no. Man. I'm against that. Goddamn ridiculous. Here's some better things to do with your money, by the way, than to contribute to a political campaign. There's going to be a big Hollywood auction kicking off on the 25th of this month. And Steve Ashton talked about this a little bit. They're auctioning off the moon buggy that Sean Connery used in Diamonds yeah. Are Forever. And then some gold bars, I think, from Goldfinger. Yeah. But I didn't know the extent of the stuff they're auctioning off. And I just saw the list. They are auctioning off, Eddie. Hold on to your penis. Okay, I'm hold it. Wait, okay. Darth Vader's helmet <gasps> from The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, my God. How about that? Ooh. Now, they say, and I think this is lowballing it. What do you think they're saying it's expected to get at auction? $200,000? They say $500,000. Really? I think that's low. Uh, yeah, there aren't that many screen-used actual Vader masks and, and helmets And it's, it's definitely there. verified screen-used. This used. is screen-used from Empire Strikes I mean, Back. Yeah. yeah, I guess. That's a lot I of think money, a half though. A million That's a lot of money. A lot of rich people have a That's lot of true. money to spend. I'd spend it if I <laughs> Half a million dollars. I might take out a loan. Uh, they also say <laughs> they're auctioning off, this is interesting, the black and white dress that Dorothy wore in The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Now, the blue gingham dress that she wore, that sold at auction for $1.5 million. Yeah. That's the one she wore the, up and down the yellow brick road. Right. The one Judy Garland wore. Right. This one is a black and white version of that dress because when Dorothy lands in Oz and she's inside the house and it's all black and white right. and then she opens the door and it's a wonderful, colorful world, right. that was not shot in black and white. What, they put, like, uh, white paint on her face? They painted the white? set to make it look like sepia, like black and white, and they put uh, Judy Garland's body double in... They never, you only see the back of her head, but they put her in okay. a black and oh, white that's dress. Right, that's right, that's right. So that's when right. she opens the door, then Judy Garland stepped into the scene, but that was all shot in Technicolor, but they made it look like it was black and white. Wow. So that is the costume from that scene. That's got to be worth more than the color one. Well, no, because... Judy Garland wore oh, Judy the color. Oh, Judy Garland wear the black This was the body yeah, yeah. double one. That's still interesting. It is one of a kind, and they're saying that will also sell for about a half a million dollars. So if you've got any extra cash, you may want to check out the Profiles in History hmm. uh, showbiz auction on the 25th. <laughs> Man. It's insane. It's good to be rich. It is. And lastly, a lot of people ask me what makes me happy. What? I'll tell you what makes me happy. Between two ferns. That makes me happy. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is my favorite thing often on the internet. I love it, and I wish they made more of them, and my wish came true because now they're making Between Two Ferns, the movie that's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for I haven't this? seen the trailer. I it just, dropped I just heard about it. It is goddamn magical. Uh, apparently, here's the premise. Zach Galifianakis, of course, doing Between Two Ferns. He accidentally kills Matthew McConaughey during the interview. <laughs> Temporarily. Oh. He drowns him, but they're able to revive him. <laughs> but Will Ferrell, as the producer from Funny or Die, is so furious at Zach Galifianakis, he sends him on the road and says, you need to get 10 new episodes of Between Two Ferns. Don't come back until you do. And so he takes the show on the road and corners celebrities like John Hamm and people all around and does this. And it's just this awesome. Here's a little bit of the trailer that dropped yesterday. Here is the, before he murders Matthew McConaughey, here's the interview with Matthew McConaughey. Welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns, and my guest today is Matthew McConaughey. Good to be here, Zach. 
Of all the things you can win an Oscar for, how surprised are you that you won one for acting? Here we go. I noticed that you're wearing a shirt. Is everything okay? God damn it, I love that show so much. Uh, let me see, when is that going to be on? I got oh. a piece of paper here. Uh, September 20th, that'll be on Netflix. Exactly. Check that out. Oh my God. Uh, today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, September 4th. Singer Bubba Knight of Gladys Knight and the Pips is 77 years old today. Gladys's big brother Bubba celebrates his birthday. He's leaving. Leaving. Oh, that midnight train to Georgia. Said he's going back, going back to a simpler place and time. Oh, yes, he is. Bubba's real name, by the way, is Merald. No, it's not Bubba Pip. No. M E R A L D. No wonder he goes by Bubba. Yeah, I'd go by Bubba. You don't want to be Merald. No. Actor Lawrence Hilton Jacobs from Welcome Back Cotter is 66 years old today. Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Yeah. Uh, drummer Martin Chambers of the band The Pretenders is 68 years old today. Got pass in pocket. Got battle. I'm gonna use it. Intention. Actress Candy Alexander from News Radio and ER is 62 years old. Damon Wayans of the Acting Wayans family is 59. Guitarist Kim Thayhill of Soundgarden is 59. Actor Noah Taylor is 50 years old. Ioni Sky is 49. Did you ever see Say Anything? Yeah. Oh, man, I fell in love with her in that movie. Yeah. She was so hot. 49 years old today. Uh, bassist Ian Grushka from Newfound Glory is 42. Actor Wes Bentley from American Beauty is 41. Max Greenfield from New Girl is 40. Singer Beyonce. Beyonce Knowles is 38. Can't help but shake your ass when I that know. song comes on. Can't help it. Whitney Cummings is 37 years old. Comedian Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live is 35. And bassist Donald LaPred from the Commodores is 69 years old today. You know, the Commodores got their name by opening up the dictionary. And just pointing? To see and just pointing. Really? And the first thing they landed on was commode. 
And they said, well, we're not going to call ourselves the Commodes. <laughs> and so they skipped down to the next one. And that's why they became the Commodores. Well, they didn't really follow through. No, they you didn't. Ask me. They didn't commit. I would listen to a band <laughs> called the Commodes. If they were a punk band, they could have been huge. Oh, yeah. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And on Wednesdays around here, you know, it's a very special day. We take a look at smash hit songs. And the artists that performed them, well, you just never really heard from them again. They were... One Hit Wonders. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. I want to thank Lester Bullock for today's One Hit Wonder. He suggested, since the end of summer and people were squeezing in their last road trips, what better One Hit Wonder to have on a road trip than Convoy? Do you remember Convoy? Convoy? I don't. Eddie, if I hear Eddie, it. Eddie, Eddie. In 1975, Convoy, the novelty song about CB radio. Oh, yeah. Was a smash hit. Breaker, breaker. Inexplicably <laughs> a smash hit. <laughs> it was number one, obviously, on the country charts because it was about truckers and CB radio, but it was also number one on the pop charts. It was number one in Canada. It was number two in the UK. The fad of CB radio was everywhere. UK had it? Yeah. Can you believe that? That's weird. They weren't into CB radios at all. Uh, yeah, that just doesn't seem like their type of thing. But The novelty song is performed by C.W. McCall, who was a character actually created by a guy named Bill Freeze. He was an advertising executive who created C.W. McCall as a, a, a trucker in a series of commercials for a bread company. Oh, that sounds awful already. And so he took the character and he said, well, if, if the commercials are hits, maybe I can write a hit song as oh, well. So God. he wrote a hit song. Performed by the character C.W. McCall, and it was all about C.W. McCall, who was known as the Rubber Duck, <laughs> out there on the road with his friends, Pigpen and Sodbuster, mm. and they're going across country, starting outside Shaky Town, which is Los Angeles, on the uh, I-10, which is the I-10, heading out towards Flagtown, which is Flagstaff, Arizona. You can't, you don't, you don't know what this goddamn song is about unless you have like a, a glossary of CB terms. Anyway, it was a smash hit song. I don't know why. Here it is, 1975's Convoy. Uh, Breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. It was a dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. Back off them hogs. Uh, ten four, about five mile or so. Ten Roger, them hogs is getting intense up here. It's three minutes of Jesus, that. That's garbage. That's three <sighs> full minutes of that. That's a hot pile of garbage. That song was such a big hit, Eddie. It really spurred on 
Smokey and the Bandit, oh. which was all about talking on CB radio. Yeah, but that radios. was entertaining to watch. But I'm saying it created the CB radio craze. Oh, it made truckers terrible. cool. Oh. So much so that in 1978, they made a film called Convoy. Jesus. Oh, I remember that movie. Chris Christopherson yes. and Ali McGraw, directed by the great Sam Peckinpah. I remember that movie. That was based on this song, Eddie. Really? Yes, oh, that's where it came from. Peckinpah, come on. It was, by the way, the most successful film of Sam Peckinpah's career. It made the oh, most money out of any film he ever made. That's depressing. Well, you think that's depressing. Eddie, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe what CW McCall did what after he, he had a hit with Convoy. <laughs> Can I take a guess? I wish you would. Did he try to do it again? He did a sequel, Eddie. <laughs> he did a sequel song to Convoy called Round the World with the Rubber Duck. Oh, Jesus. And in this uh, version of the mm. song, he he's driving so far, he reaches the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And he decides just to keep driving. Oh, just into the water. Just to go into the well, ocean. Luckily, he was driving. For some somehow, he was driving on top of the water, and he was able to Boy, drive rubber duck to countries all over the world. And so, uh, Bill Freeze, the actor who created C.W. McCall, not only does C.W. McCall, but also does varying accents from all around the world Ooh. every time Rubber Duck stops in a new country. Is it good? It's worse than the original, <laughs> believe it or not. But I thought you might want to hear a little bit of <laughs> Round the World with the Rubber Duck. Breaker 1-9, this here's a duck again. You got a copy on me, Pigpen? Come on. Oh, negatory, Pigpen. There ain't no way out except for that one Atlantic Ocean. Now listen, drop them hogs off in Omaha and get over here in the short. Because it definitely looks like we got us a problem. <laughs> Bears to the left, bears to the right, we didn't have no place to go. They had us backed up clean to the shore, and them cab over peach don't float. I says, Big Pen, I got me a good idea. Them friends of Jesus gonna save us. So praise the Lord of Mr. Ford, and follow that microbus 10-4. about 110 of them. I says, Big Pen, they just didn't have no faith. They definitely gone 10-7. By the time we got into that Piccadilly town, about half of them was lost at sea. I says, break 1-9 for a 10-33. What we got was a cotton pick of BBC. I say, Faversham, looks like the Americans have got themselves another bloody convoy. Right? Those are pirates, right? Yes. Now they've crossed truckers and CB radio and With pirates. pirates. It's, it's madness. And you'll be shocked to know, Eddie, that this song wasn't nearly the hit that uh, Convoy was. But it he had, didn't sell. He had a movie made after it. Did. So like that gave, I understand him trying to go again. 
Well, actually, the movie was made well after even the sequel came out. Oh, really? The, the song came out in 75. The sequel came out in 76. The movie didn't come out until 78. Oh, then fuck everybody. It was cause... coming on the heels of the success of Smokey and the Bandit. They thought they oh, okay. could take advantage. Because that song should have sunk the movie. <laughs> it should have. You're absolutely right. <laughs> C.W. McCall, you don't hear much from him oh, any day. I wonder why. These days. Uh, Bill Freeze, by the way, who was C.W. McCall, went on to a, a career in politics, Eddie. You'll be happy to know. Oh, good. He was elected mayor of the town of Oray, Colorado. Ultimately serving six years as their uh, as their mayor. Jesus. And that's all you need to wow. know. And that's today's one hit wonder. It's the one hit wonder. One hit wonder. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. Wow. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah, Pirates. Really Pirates. Pirates and truck drivers. Mm. All right. Let's move on to something better. Before we say goodbye, I did want to play for you my conversation I had with Dwayne the Dog Chapman. Of course, legendary bounty hunter. And uh, lately been in the news a lot because his wife, uh, he was together with her. They weren't married for 30 years, but they were together for almost 30 years. Three months ago, she passed away from cancer, and the dog has been dealing with it in a very public way. And he's got a brand new show that premieres tonight on WGN America. It's called Dogs Most Wanted. It's all that bounty hunter stuff you know and love, but also it chronicles the last days of Beth Chapman. So um, fascinating stuff. Great guy. Great conversation. Here's my chat with Dog. Well, this is a pleasure sitting here with a uh, an icon, I think it's fair to say, a television legend and also a legend in the world of uh, bounty hunting. Dog, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Pleasure to meet you, sir. And be sure you say a legend in his own mind. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, okay. of course, is the premiere of Dog's Most Wanted on WGN America. And before we get into the show, and I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it looks great. Thank you. Uh, obviously condolences on your loss. Thank you very much. Uh, Beth was a, a great lady. And as I mentioned to you before we got started, that I had a chance to meet you both at a, at a social engagement before we met today. Yes. And what a charming, fun lady, so full of life. And has it been difficult for you to deal with your loss and your mourning on such a public stage? Because you guys were obviously such, you know, public figures. Well, years ago, if someone who was in the public eye, Beth, uh, would have gotten sick or anything, you keep that private because you don't get jobs. Nowadays, she said, uh, before I'm going to tell my fans. And as she was keeping it private, a couple fans found out and gave her encouragement and I saw that that would help her. Mm. So I pumped it out too towards her and all the fans encouragement, you know, helped her make it long as she did. Right. So, uh, very hard. You don't want to go through. It's terrible, but it's, uh, I don't know yet, you know, almost three months. I don't know yet. Mm. We're, it's not, it's a terrible thing to go through. One of the worst. But you have been getting an enormous amount of love and support from your fans and from the people who enjoyed your work and Beth's work. And I have to assume on some level that's probably helpful. Well, yes. I mean, we, you know, kept the new show coming out, Chronicles, Beth's last few days. That's the whole season. Right. She wanted to do that. She was very private as far as... I said earlier today, if there wasn't a full-length mirror in the room where we stayed, she ordered it. Get one in here. <laughs> no, bro, you have no idea. 
So she was very feminine and very, you know, don't show this, don't show that. Right. Uh, I couldn't believe some of the stuff she was doing, still feminine, but like private, you know, showed her hair lo loss. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that hardly. So uh, it, it chronicles that, you know, and the arrests and how we have to forget about her being sick. And, you know, she's like told this one kid or couple, you know, you're, I'm trying to live right now and you're killing yourself. And she got through to him, you know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. It's uh, more violent because these guys are getting more violent. It's more family members. My kids or grandkids are coming in now, banging it up, finding them, chasing them. So uh, it's exciting. I think sometimes when we do it, dang, where was a camera? You know, that was great stuff, right? <laughs> really. So uh, for reality TV, we're the realist. Hey, I'm hyped to keep rambling, but we're the realist, real television show. I've seen a lot, been on a lot watched a lot of reality and there's not too many that's like if we shoot from the hip this is all true you can't say you know sorry brother could you run and get and let us tase you again we missed a shot brother right no sure. because you're doing your job and the cameras are just there capturing it more right. or less right and 15 16 years coming the other day august 31st i and i could say this now this is dog without beth uh we're showing a lot of things. For instance, how to track them down. For instance, how not to kill them. Right. 8,000 arrests. Okay. Now, we shot a lot. Uh, tasers, uh, stun guns, mace, pepper ball guns. It's like a Mike Tyson punch. You don't have to kill them. So we're get, people are seeing that, right? Uh, again, mercy and rehabilitation and... Uh, you know, sometimes you just give them your cell phone and it fixes them. Mm. So we're, I was trying to show that now because I'm, I'm going to not be here forever. Right. So right. I'm trying to, I see that that means more to America than, you know, tackle the guy, kick him in the mouth, don't give him a cigarette, slap him, call his mama's names. Right. Right. The old way. Right. I think that's what's <laughs> so impressive about watching you work is Thank that you. your priority is to treat them as humanely and as much as, as from a person-to-person -person relationship as anything else, even though you're still, you have to apprehend them. I mean, that's your game. Yes, yes. There are some that don't deserve it. Some going straight to hell. Mm. Sayonara. But most of them, you know, God, the excuses. I've had so many of the problems they've had, and they turn to that. And I'd say, you're a liar. You just wanted to get high. Mm-hmm. All right, dog. You know, it's not a disease. You just want to get in the spirit world the bad way, right? I mean, that's how it is. Yeah. So being, uh, I'm, 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 I like fixing them. I like the same adrenaline rush. Okay. When they say I had, let me tell you a story. So Bosco calls me, brother, what's up? I'm in Hawaii. Uh, nothing. I'm going to kick your ass, dog. I said, for what? He's double me and you, right? I said, Bosco, for what? Because, bro, I'm telling you right now, you ruined my life for crime. And I said, what do you mean, Bosco? She, I smoked one of them things you told me smoke. 
I ate a Twinkie, went to sleep, had sex with my wife, but a dog. I said, what? He goes, love you, brother. <laughs> I said, love you too, but I'm still going to kick your ass, is it? <laughs> and that, I hung up and was like, I told Belle, oh my God, no. She, I told her the story. Oh my God, she said, you better run. But, you know, that felt so good. I, I, obviously, I'm still talking about it, right? right. That uh, stuff like that's changing in my spirit. Dog without Beth, it's changing. You know, I told the Lord a couple of days ago, if I'm going to be a piece of you know what, and I'm going to do the things that sometimes I want to do, most of the time I want to do, then take me right now. Because if I'm not going to make a difference in the world and love your sheep, and you say the last shall be first and the first shall be last, that's me and my friends in front of the line. <laughs> right? So I said, it, then take me out now because it ain't my fault if I go wrong because I give you the chance. And I'm still breathing, right? So I tell my life all of a sudden, bling, that's what's happening right now, right? Yeah. No, it's like, wow, she's she died, really. God, I hope there's a heaven. What if you just die and die? What if there's nothing? You know, I, I you study Jesus and you see facts that uh, there were stories about Jesus for thou hundreds of years, thousands of years before he was born, virgin birth, all this, right? So it's like, but there's one part that says this guy, there'll be a lot of that, and this guy's from this blood, and this guy is a real guy. And so you go back to go, you 99.9% .9 chance it's probably true, okay? And you start thinking that when your spouse is gone, because all of a sudden you realize death is real, and oh my God, how could she do this? No, he, it's like, wow, you know, so you weigh everything. Your faith is tried hard. You know, your faith is tried. You got to, there's an excuse, you know, we believe in miracles and healing and she passed. So uh, God's will, uh, people will dog the Lord taketh and the Lord, or the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I go, no. That was someone griping to God when they lost stuff, and God went, stop, idiot. Where were you when I created the earth? I don't take away. So you go through all that when she, you know, someone you love like that as an equal because you love different than a child or mom or dad leaves you or mm -hmm. goes like that. It's not good. Does the possibility, and I know we, we all have our doubts in moments like that, of that maybe this is all there is, is that even more motivation to make a difference while you're here, just in case? To, well, make, to make this stay on this planet for as little as we have matter as much as we can? Well, yeah, I think so. But, you know, I'm going to make a legend now. Okay, I have to. I want to do that. I'm famous enough. Uh, 8,000 arrests. Billy the Kid didn't do that. Pat Garrett didn't do that. I feel like, and I am the modern day bounty hunter. And from that blood of catching, all those guys did the same thing. They caught their quarry and they try to help them, right? Because most of the bounty hunters had had their own problems mm -hmm. and knew that, you know, how to get out of it. And so, uh, it's that, it's, it's way, it's one of the first bills Abraham Lincoln signed into law that we may do this. So it's, uh, it's something, you know what I mean? Let's talk about the show. It's called Most Wanted, and this is a list of um, folks who are 
curated as the big ones, right? These are the ones Correct. that you need that you really need to bring down. Right. These guys, you go to dogsmostwanted.com. The FBI has 10 or so. They're mostly in Iraq. Okay. Mm-hmm. The federal marshals uh, have so much to do. You see these shootings. You know how many they pop a day that are radical homebred terrorists? You wouldn't believe it. Google it. It's unbelievable every day. So they're busy, you know, uh, keeping America livable, right? So the local uh, terrorists terrorize states and cities. There's no one there to chase them. All the warrants departments been taken out of the police departments, you know, because there's not money to fund it because you got those cops make a lot of money because they do a lot of overtime. You got to stay on that guy till you catch him. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're needed more than ever in America. And we're proving that, you know, of course, you have to take tests, go to cop school, you know, 10 years from a felony. You better be good boy, girl, whatever. And uh, it's becoming a reality. It's really happening. What does it take to make your list of top most wanted? Usually a crimes against persons, such as kidnapping, tempted murder. That's all in this next show coming. Uh, sexual assault on children, uh, domestic terror, beating the wife till she's, you know, uh, like, uh, wait to see this guy. She's bigger than him too, but, uh, taller, but. Guys like that, that and the ones that they just have looked for and just can't catch. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, we had cops betting. Ah, uh-uh, they won't because really? we're, you know, we're we're little brother. They're big brother, right? So we, yeah, we got to check in. You know, cameras, vans, all this stuff. Cops, you just can't do that. They're coming shooting, right? Swat, <laughs> but uh, so we got to check in and say and you know and be cool with them. But so far, so good. We got them all. You mentioned your family participating with you and the Dirty Dozen, right? Is yes, that what sir. Called Dirty Dozen show? minus one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how much longer do you think this is what you want to do with your life? I mean, it's it seems to me from the outside to not be an older man's game. That well, you- no, but you can go. There's 75-year-old right now in Leonard Padilla, 76 July. There's, uh, what's his name, uh, Papa Thorne was old. Yeah. The older you get in this, the Bible says you get wisdom and knowledge. The more people you chase and interview their parents and all that, everyone fits into probably 10 or 20 categories, okay? The more you get to know people, you can, like, prophesy how we look at a mugshot. This is a driver. This guy we're going to have to catch in a car. So that happens as you get older. Five years past the baton to, to Leland. But I'll be like Charlie's Angels, still on the box talking. <laughs> because you can predict yeah, where they're going to go and how well, they're Well, not right? necessarily, but what are you doing? Right? Right. Not like Beth was, but, <laughs> but kind of a little bit. But, uh, yeah, five good years, and then I'm going to uh, stop, hopefully, you know. But And then I'll have set a record, Guinness Book, all that. Come on with it. Break it. Try it. Right. Well, those five years, I hope they're filled with health and happiness and safety. Be careful when you're out there. And I wish you and your family all the best with what you're going through now. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are pulling for you guys and thinking of you. So I hope you know that. And I hope everyone knows I'm thinking of them, too. There's a lot of temptations out there right now because I got a hell of an excuse. I hear you. So I'm being good boy, too. So thank you, sir. Nice to meet you. Love you. Eho. 
And just a reminder, Dogs Show premieres tonight at 9 on WGN America. It's called Dogs Most Wanted. And he was a great guy, great conversation, and I really appreciate him taking some time to spend with me. I uh, do want to remind folks, this Friday night at the Improv on Melrose, Kevin Smith and I are taking the stage again for Hollywood Babylon. This will be the last one for a while because he's going out on the road with his movie. So if you want to come and see us, go to improv.com to get your tickets. Tomorrow, it's Thursday. That means Ralph Sex University. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with another UK update and all the usual nonsense. We're going to have fun, but it's not as much fun if you don't join us. So come on back. I love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>